Welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I'm really glad you've joined us. I am back in the saddle here after a week away and very glad to be back here in Detroit, even though it's a nasty sort of rainy Monday outside. I wish it were sunny and uh, more summer, but uh, we'll get there. It is June. Uh, It is Pride Month here, and we want to take today to talk Uh, the whole hour about this issue of equality for people of all sexual orientations and gender identity. And we want to start here. Michigan's anti-discrimination law, the Elliott Larson Civil Rights Act, already makes it illegal to discriminate against people for their religions, for the color of their skin, or for several other factors. But it doesn't explicitly protect against discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation or gender identity. If you have a job and your employer doesn't like your sexual orientation in Michigan, you can be fired for that, and it is not against the law. If you are living in a community where your landlord doesn't want you there because of your gender identity, you can be put out, and it is not illegal here in the state of Michigan. Of course, there have been a number of efforts over recent years to reverse all of that, and of course, we had the huge victory on marriage equality a few years ago. But now advocates believe they have a friend in the governor's mansion here in Michigan and that there may be an opportunity to move even further forward. But there are a lot of questions that remain about how we get there with expanding Elliot Larson. That's where we want to begin the conversation today. And of course, we really want to hear from you. How does it make you feel to live in a state that doesn't explicitly protect the civil rights of people based on their sexual orientation or gender identity? What does this issue say to you about both the progress we've made on LGBTQ rights here and the work that still needs to be done? And are you a gay or trans person living here in Michigan? And have you discriminated or have you been discriminated against? Have you experienced the kind of discrimination that we permit here in Michigan? As always, the number on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we'll work you into the conversation. And here to help us kick off this hour of discussion about this issue is State Senator Jeremy Moss. He's a Democrat from Southfield. He represents Michigan's 11th Senate District, and he's the lead sponsor of legislation that would expand the state civil rights law to include LGBTQ protection. State Senator Jeremy Moss, welcome to Detroit today. Thank you for having me on about this important issue for Pride Month. Yes. So let's start with the legislation that you have uh, uh, sponsored. Um, this is an issue we've talked about for a long time here in Michigan, and there have been, I guess, fits and starts where we felt like, oh, we're going to get this done, and then something happens and the whole deal falls apart. Do you believe we're in a different era? Do you believe that this is legislation that we're now ready as a state to embrace? No question about it. In fact, I think public polling is is ahead of the legislature on this. I think Cranes Detroit just had a poll that showed four out of five Michigan residents want to see these protections enshrined in law. So there are a few things that are different this time around. Uh, Number one, we have representation of our community in both chambers for the very first time. Uh, In 2014, uh, I was elected to the House along with State Rep. John Hoadley. It was the first time we had a coalition of LGBT legislators in one chamber, uh, and I just took office in the state Senate as the first openly gay member of that chamber. Uh, I think showing up matters. 
Harvey Milk said, you know, coming out is the most political thing you can do. So I think that shifts the discussion amongst our colleagues probably more than anything else. And the second factor is that we have a supporting governor. Um, You know, Governor Snyder was very tepid in his support, said that the legislature should address this, but never lobbied uh, for it, never made a case for it amongst uh, his colleagues on his side of the aisle. We have the bully pulpit now of the governor's office. She last week welcomed us into her office to unveil this legislation, which was a really significant factor uh, in making sure we can get this done. Uh, So how does Michigan rank right now in terms of the way it treats the LGBTQ community legally. I to open by talking about the ways in which you can discriminate against people for their sexual orientation and gender identity here in the state of Michigan. Are, are we really far behind other states that have uh, already done this? Oh, no question about it. So a dozen other states have already tackled this. A dozen of our other states have already said we want to protect uh, our LGBT citizens from employment discrimination and housing discrimination. Uh, I serve on the Senate's Economic Development Committee, and just a few weeks ago, uh, the Small Business Association puts together an entrepreneurial scorecard, how Michigan ranks in terms of our economies uh, in, in other states. Uh, and so they, they take different metrics, not just labor statistics, not just employment statistics, uh, but the vitality of a state. And one of the things that they measure as a, as a, as a, as a, uh, a figure of what makes a thriving economy is hate crime protection. And Michigan is 44th in the nation in pursuing hate crime, uh, hate crime accusations. And that's holding us back economically. So you can certainly make a moral case that this is, this is something we need to do. But we are falling behind other states that take proactive measures to protect its citizenry. Yeah. Um, so what is it about Michigan that has held us back? As I said, we've had this discussion for a long time and in many different iterations in the legislature. What is it that that prevents us from moving further forward? We have a legislature that does not represent the will of the people that live here. And I think that's what it is. We have a very conservative legislature. And, and, and more than that, we have conservative leaders in both chambers that I think are maybe even out of step with the rank-and-file Republicans uh, that serve uh, in their respective chambers. I've always said if we put this up for a vote, it would pass. It would, pa- it would have passed four years ago. It would have passed two years ago. A it public would, vote. Uh, of actually, a vote in the legislature. Oh, in the legislature. In the legislature. Uh, it is the conservative leadership that won't, that won't see this process through. And, and I think a lot of that is a product of gerrymandering, right? We have a more conservative legislature than where our citizenry is. And, and as a result, we have even more conservative leadership than where the rank-and-file Republicans are in this state. Uh, I'm talking with State Senator Jeremy Moss. He's a Democrat from Southfield. He represents Michigan's 11th Senate District, and he's the lead sponsor of legislation that would expand the state's civil rights law to include LGBTQ protections. It is Pride Month, and we are talking this hour about the journey toward equality, full equality for people of all sexual orientations and gender identities. Why in Michigan are we so far behind other states who have taken much bigger leaps forward? Of course, we want to hear from you. How does it make you feel that we live in a state that doesn't explicitly protect the civil rights of people based on their sexual orientation or gender identity? What does this say to you about the progress that we've made 
on these issues and the work that still needs to be done. And are you a gay or trans person living here in the state of Michigan? Call us and tell us about your experiences. Have you have you experienced the kind of discrimination that people can face on their jobs uh, because of these issues in housing? Uh, a lot of folks, I think, believe that when we got to the stage of marriage equality nationally, uh, that a lot of these other issues might go away or wouldn't be as prominent. That's actually not true. Uh, the, 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 the reality is that uh, there are a lot of other things that we need to do. As always, the number on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. Uh, you can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. Uh, and we'll work you into the conversation. Uh, let's go to David in Southfield. David, welcome to the show. Yeah. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Um, you, have, you make very good comments on your show. But I'm a physician, and um, my problem is that as a physician, I have to know what the truth actually is. In other words, if I see a patient, I have to know whether they're male or female. If they claim to be Napoleon when they're not, or a dog or a cat, I have to say, okay, does this person have a mental illness and believe there's something they're not? Or are they trying to commit fraud? I mean, you know, is this the LGB problem is, you know, used to be considered a mental illness because it was frankly just not true. I mean, in other words, the person believed something that was just not frankly true. Um, so that they might be categorized as you could say, okay, they're trying to commit fraud, but trying to get something, which is really somebody else. But then, on the other hand, we say, okay, we don't want to say they're committing fraud. We just so, they just have a mental illness. So, David, but, I guess I have, a, but, I, have, I have a question for you. Do you, do you really equate uh, someone's sexual orientation or gender identity with these other things that you're talking about, um, delusional kinds of things? I mean, how you feel about uh, the most intimate parts of your life and who you are, I don't think are quite the same as whether you imagine yourself to be uh, someone you clearly are or are, are not. Are, are, you, are, are you making that kind of comparison? Well, you know, it used to be. It, became, it was political reasons that changed that. I mean, well, we used, used to, to also... A delusion, but what happened is that it was, like, uh, it, was, it, was, it was psychologically, mentally, medically considered a delusion, but they... Well, there are a lot of things we used to do, David, that we don't do anymore. Um, Well, that that is true, but but our biology is the same. I mean, we have the same biology that we have had for thousands of years. We are no different than we were. And we are the same. And when we make diagnoses, if someone claims to be something, okay, have a medical test done. Okay, David, I... I, Yeah, David, I I really do appreciate the call. Obviously, I really strongly disagree with with your viewpoint on this, but I do love that you're listening to the show. I love that you called in to to share your thoughts. Uh, State Senator Jeremy Moss, I'll give you a chance to respond. Yeah, certainly the medical community recognizes um, gender identity. Uh, and recognizes that people are transgender. And, you know, I think you're going to have a guest on later who can speak more with more authority on this than I can. Mm-hmm. But they talk about this insistent, consistent, persistent feeling that you are not in uh, the you are not the gender of which y- you are signed at birth. And so 
aside from maybe this kind of uh, discomfort some people have with the LGBT community, park that aside. Should somebody be fired for being transgender or gay or lesbian or bisexual? Should somebody be denied housing? And so that's what we're trying to talk about here. If somebody feels they've been discriminated against because they're part of the LGBT community, I believe, and I think most Michiganders actually believe, there should be some legal recourse. They should be able to present evidence that they've been discriminated against due to the sole fact of their sexual orientation and gender identity and have some remedy because of it. So even, you know, David, the caller right there might have this uh, argument uh, about gender identity, but if does David think somebody should be fired because of it? Does somebody does David think somebody should be denied housing? And if the answer is no, then let's write that into law. Yeah, I mean, there, there is this persistent difficulty that we have in the political narrative in this country, I think, that, that, that makes it difficult for people to understand that your moral, uh, your moral disapproval of what somebody else believes or how they live their lives is not sufficient to power uh, a denial of the rights of that person ought to have to live their lives the same way you do. Uh, and, and there's a there's a difference, right? I mean, you can you can believe what David believes, but also believe that people's civil rights ought not be uh, infringed upon. And I'm talking to colleagues on the other side of the aisle uh, who are having these conversations for the first time. We're talking about this legislation and someone came up to me and said, well, you know, I don't I don't understand the transgender community. I'm I'm uncomfortable with, you know, labeling people one way when I see them as another. You know, I'm still learning. I don't get it. I go, that's great. But none of that is a violation of the Elliott Larson Civil Rights Act. You know, if you have a discomfort, if you're still learning, if you feel like you're misgendering people because you don't know, then we all have a lot to learn together. But you're not violating the law. So if you do believe that the community should be protected against discrimination in housing and employment, let's write that into the law if we're both there. Yeah. Uh, again, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. Uh, State Senator Moss, I want to, before we get back to the phones, uh, ask you about the Michigan Civil Rights Commission uh, and its ruling last year that discrimination based on sexual orientation and gender identity is protected under Elliot Larson as sex discrimination. Uh, talk about that ruling and whether that is sufficient to make your legislation effectively moot. In, in other words, do we not need to change the law? Can we just change rulemaking? So it's interesting. So one of the things that I've heard many, many times, even from the Speaker of the House uh, uh, earlier this year, is that, well, if this discrimination uh, existed, we'd all hear about it. But, you know, I, where are the statistics? Where's the data? And I, I counter that with if somebody is being fired for being gay and it's not illegal, who are they supposed to report it to? You know, where we, we can't gather the comprehensive data because it's not illegal here in Michigan. It certainly happens. So last year, uh, the Civil Rights Commission has ex- has interpreted its definition of sex discrimination to include gender identity uh, and sexual orientation. So they began to take the data. They began to move forward with uh, investigating claims of LGBT discrimination here in Michigan. Uh, and I'm glad that they're doing it. But we absolutely need to make sure that there's no doubt within law that these categories are protected. So they're beginning that work and they're actually finding out, you know, how pervasive it is in Michigan, which it is. Uh, And now we need to even give them more teeth to their actions to write it into law. Hmm.
let's go back to the phones here. Conrad in Tampa, Florida. Conrad, uh, what's on your mind? Oh, good morning, Steve. Uh, I just have a simple question. I, uh, I, 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 I have this lack of knowledge. What does Q mean? I mean, please define the letter Q that's been added in in LGBTQ. Yeah, that's a great. That's actually a very uh, it's a very reasonable and and relevant question, Conrad. I'm not sure everybody understands that. Uh, we used to, des- to describe this sort of area of dimension of life and the law as LGBT. We now say LGBTQ. Uh, State Senator Moss, talk about what the Q means and why it was added. Yeah, Q, uh, so there's many different uh, letters that we use to describe our community. Q typically stands for queer. Uh, and this it's this umbrella term that our community uses. Um, I'm one of the youngest state senators, uh, and so it you know this millennial generation and even younger, the next emerging generation, I think is going to be the one that loses a lot of these letters because, you know, I don't think that we need to label ourselves into different categories because there is this broader queer uh, definition. I think that they're identifying with, um, and so you know, it, it really just goes to show that the next generation doesn't have many hang-ups with all of these labels. Uh, and so I think Q as queer is going to be probably one of the big umbrella terms that we use um, for somebody um, if they identify within the community. And then it you know, only goes to show that, you know, we need to catch up with where they're going to be when they're, when they're uh, you know, the working class, the working population uh, here in Michigan. And we need to make sure that they're protected because they're not going to understand why we uh, in, 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 in generations above them didn't address this discrimination in law. Yeah, uh, it's interesting that you say that you feel like the Q might uh, encompass everybody, that, yeah. that this might be the sort of uh, umbrella kind of concept that that stops dividing people, which is uh, which is the goal in the, in the first place. It's interesting. So when I was in high school, we had a GSA, a gay-straight alliance. Uh, and so uh, I became a state representative, and the, the high school that I went to, the GSA reached out because they wanted some of their students to come up and, and visit me and, and, and tour Lansing. And GSA now stands for Gender and Sexuality Alliance. You know, not gay-straight alliance, gender-sexuality alliance. Uh, they held a meeting uh, in the Capitol in my office, uh, and so they opened it up uh, by saying, you know, what, who they are, where they're from, and what their pronouns are. And that was something that we didn't, you know, did not do when I was in high school. So it really is kind of, you know, the, 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 the emerging generation is a lot more compassionate and a lot more understanding. And I think it just kind of is kind of this bigger umbrella queer community uh, where we, uh, you know, might be hung up still on some of these uh, some of these other acronyms that we use, which are which are fine as well. Uh, so before I let you go, give us uh, an idea of where the legislation you think goes from here, uh, what a timeline might look like. Yeah, so we we have bipartisan support for this. Um, as I mentioned before, the, the the House leadership, the Senate leadership, is very conservative, and I think out of touch on this issue. But you know, we're trying to make the case um, member by member by member. Uh, every Senate Democrat has signed on to this, and we have a Republican co-sponsor in the House. So I think that if we are able to get people to contact their state legislator, there are 110 members of the House, there are 38 members of the Senate each of whom has a LGBT community that they represent. Mm. So contact your legislator, make the support uh, within the rank and file members really of the Republican caucus because the Democratic caucus is really there. I think we can move this. Okay. 
State Senator Jeremy Moss. Really great to have you here to Thanks. talk about this on Detroit Today. Appreciate it. Up next, we're going to sit down with a trans woman of color to talk about her experience and the work she's doing as a trans victims advocate. You're not going to want to miss that conversation. Also, stay with us on the phones. 313-577-1019 is the number. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I'm really glad you've joined us. It is Pride Month, and we are taking the hour today to talk about issues surrounding sexual orientation and gender identity, the inequalities that still exist right here in the state of Michigan around these issues. Even though we have marriage equality nationwide, Michigan is still a state that permits discrimination against people based on their sexual orientation or gender identity, uh, in their work, in their homes, uh, in all kinds of places that you might not suspect that it still exists. We, of course, want to hear from you this hour about how you feel about living in a state that still permits that kind of discrimination. Um, Do you think that says something about the progress that we've made with LGBTQ issues and all of the work that's still to be done? And are you a gay or trans person who lives here in Michigan? Call us and tell us about your experiences. Tell us whether you faced some of the discrimination that is still legal here in the state of Michigan. As always, the number on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we will work you into the conversation. And my next guest is someone who lives in this space and faces many of these issues on a day-to-day basis. Janice Poindexter is a transgender victims advocate for Equality Michigan. She is a trans woman of color, and she travels throughout the state to do office hours to meet with victimized members of the community. Janice Poindexter, welcome to Detroit Today. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. No, God thank bless. You. Thank you for coming. Uh, so during a press conference that kicked off this new push to expand civil rights protections here uh, in Michigan, you thank the sponsors of the bill because you said your life depends on it. Mm-hmm. What do you mean when you say that? Um, so as you said, I, I have the honor of traveling throughout the state of Michigan and also throughout the country. Um, the Lord has um, been very merciful and favorable to me in allowing me to um, share spaces and connect with a lot of people um, who attach themselves to the work and the movement thereof. Um, so when I gave that explanation or that response um, to the amendment of the Elliot Larson Act, Um, A lot of people don't know that we at Equality Michigan, me personally and my co-workers, we canvassed and we collected petitions and I went to neighborhood businesses and I talked to um, just regular everyday folks and got them to sign the petitions to amend the Elliott Larson Act. And I was praying and literally speaking it into existence over two years ago. So for 
for me as um, a black trans woman standing in a special ceremonial room (laughs) with the governor um, to whom I support full and wholeheartedly with the first black lieutenant governor. It was a moment that was so emotional and so gratifying to me. Um, And I knew that it was on its way because of a prophecy that I received from my bishop. Wow. Wow. Uh, You're organizing a town hall meeting to Mm -hmm. address something very specific uh, that that, uh, trans women face uh, Mm -hmm. here in the city of Detroit. Uh, Talk about this this town hall on this issue of of trans women being killed. Of course. Um, And so you say trans women, but I want to bring a little bit more transparency in the space, Mm -hmm. particularly trans women of Of color. color. Yes. Um, We face the brunt of the murder and the violence um, the most. And so that is very painful um, to to literally keep walking down and to go to the courtrooms and to follow up with the family and to go to the hospitals and the funerals. And we also take donations up in the community um, when one of ours pass and we give plaques to honor them and just a way of commemorating them and to continue to do that over and over and over again. Um, And then to also see no elected officials, no city officials, um, no no one really from the top or that has the ability to really um, reconstruct the change that we need has lent themselves to this purpose and this cause. So for me, I've been meeting with the FBI, the Attorney General's Office, the Civil Rights Commission, and the Department of Justice since last year. And we started meeting um, around the increase in the violence against the trans women of color here in Detroit. There was a young lady that was shot last year by the name of Chocolate. And still to this day, she's walking around with buckshots in her arm and in her back. And she was gunned down with an assault rifle at close point range. Um, And we begin to meet and kind of put our heads together about how we could bring awareness and highlight these issues. But the issues did not stop with her. We also had another trans woman of color shot in a gas station in Asia a couple months later on Seven Mile in Greenfield. And we had all the footage and we had um, all the content that we needed to really press the charges and to really go under a hate crime. But because of the lack of protections here because the Elliot Larson Act does not include sexual orientation and gender identity. We could not prosecute him under a hate crime. He could only be prosecuted under ethnic intimidation. Mm. And that sends a message to society and to this world that you can come up and shoot me in the middle of the afternoon, blow my head off, and if you have a good enough relationship or a well enough paid lawyer that can argue for you in the back room, you can almost get off with probation and Mm. No one cares. Uh, and I think it's important to talk about uh, the targeting mm-hmm. of trans women of color. Of course. Because a lot of people will say, well, the laws are on the books to deal with people who shoot other people. The mm-hmm. laws are on the books to deal with people are who they murder really? other people. But but they aren't, they aren't reflective or they aren't responsive, I guess, to the specific 
issue here, which mm-hmm. is that trans women of color, these these incidents you're talking about is not just one person shooting another. Mm-hmm. It is one person shooting another person because exactly. of their gender identity. Mm-hmm. And that's what that's what distinctively makes it a hate crime. Um, the FBI is very clear with laying out uh, uh, bullet points and key key markers to identify hate crimes. And I'll tell you, um, our 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 lead way um, with reporting and response is growing and getting better. Um, we have wonderful working connections with the Detroit police and also with the prosecutor's office. Um, and so a part of my work with Equality Michigan, I also am a founding working board member of the Trans Sisters of Color Project here in Detroit. And so this started that agency literally started because of the unfair treatment, violence, and murder against trans women of color Hmm. here in Detroit. My guest is Janice Poindexter. She's a transgender victims advocate for Equality Michigan. Uh, We're talking this hour about inequality as Mm -hmm. it relates to sexual orientation and gender identity here in the state of Michigan. It is still legal here in Michigan to Mm -hmm. discriminate against someone based on their sexual orientation or their gender identity. There is a bill that has been introduced yet again in mm-hmm. the state legislature to change that. Uh, maybe we have a better ally in Governor Gretchen Whitmer than we did in Certainly. Governor Rick Snyder in Certainly. terms of that bill uh, being passed, but we will we will see if that's true. If you want to join the conversation, give us a call and tell us how you feel about living in a state that doesn't explicitly protect the civil rights of people based on their sexual orientation or gender identity. Do you think that it's time for us to change that? Uh, What do you think that says about the progress that we've made uh, with these issues and, of course, the work that still has to be done? Also, are you gay or trans and living here in the state of Michigan? Give us a call and tell us about your experiences. Tell us uh, ways in which the discrimination that's legal against you plays out Mm -hmm. uh, in your life. As always, the number on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and uh, we'll try to work you into the conversation. Uh, Janice, uh, I want to talk some about a call that we got in the last segment, and I know you were listening uh, to the show as well, uh, but David in Southfield uh, Mm -hmm. said that he's a physician and that uh, these issues of gender identity rub up against uh, his notion of uh, gender, that that he as a doctor has to be able to know what someone's birth gender is in order order to to treat them. Uh, That's something we hear a lot Mm -hmm. uh, from people. Uh, He said some things that I also thought were offensive about uh, uh, people who um, people who have this experience in terms of whether they are mentally ill. That's another trope Mm -hmm. we've heard historically. And that's a complete lie. <laughs> yeah, but but I really want to give you a chance as as someone uh, whose experience this is. Yes, yes. to to talk about uh, how that feels mm-hmm. when somebody says something like that and and uh, sort of to answer the, the 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 criticism I guess that he was leveling. Well, um 
So I'll be very honest with you. That is a mentality that is very loose in our society as relates to my particular population, trans women and trans women of color. Um, There is little encouragement for full understanding. And that's um, that's where the pendulum of maybe unfairness begins to swing. Um, because you as a service provider, you um, as a doctor, you have the responsibility of just helping me maintain a healthy body so that I can live a healthy life. Um, all of the personal biases or personal opinions should not be interjected. Mm. Um, that's how I feel. Um Personally, I feel that it is absolutely absurd to to try and make me uh, um, a statistic in the sense of saying that there may be a, a mental disability there, and there is not one. And I'll t- I'll share a funny story with you. So um, I'm covered with um, insurance through State Farm, and so. Um, just recently, about maybe six, seven months ago, um, I went to redo my uh, my coverage and to increase it. And there is a there's a certain coverage where you can get that um, acts as a um, a saving component yeah. for when I retire. Mm-hmm. And so the premium is a little bit higher, um, and, and it's really good coverage. But it acts as my own financial institution. Um, so every month that I pay, I'm paying to save and also to cover me. And I had to take an examination. Um, the nurse came out to my home in full examination, take blood and urine and everything. And so um, I went through that whole process and I waited to hear back um, um, from my uh, my provider. And she called me back and she said, Miss Poindexter, she said, well, you've been approved and we can move forward with the coverage and everything. She said, you're all good. All your STDs, everything came back good. You're fine. She said, but the underwriters, the underwriters would like for you to go to your doctor and get a letter saying that you have been under his care and that you are technically okay with being okay Hmm. so in other words i was too okay for their system (laughs) i should have been mentally ill i should have had history of psychotrophic medicine i should have been you know irate and i had history of violence and all of these things but because i did not hit those bullet points they thought that i was too okay wow And that for me, I had to really take that in and really unpack it um, because that for me sends a message that, yes, I'm living in this world and I'm working and every day I wake up and show up in a way that is very authentic and it is very dynamic. But I also come with a lot of myths and stereotypes that are built in just because of who I am. Mm. Uh, I'm talking with Janice Poindexter. She's a transgender victims advocate for Equality Michigan. We're talking about inequality this hour and as it pertains to people uh, and their sexual orientations or their gender identities. As always, the number uh, on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. 
1019. Uh, that's, uh, you can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today and uh, we'll work you into the conversation. Uh, Janice, as we said earlier, you are organizing this town hall July 22nd yes. at Focus Hope from 5 to 10 p.m. Uh, Senator uh, uh, Jeremy Moss, who was just with us on the show, is yes. going to be there and State Rep Latanya Garrett yes. will also speak. There's a partnership uh, also here with the ACLU, the FBI, the Civil mm-hmm. Rights Commission, the Department of Justice and Michigan's AG's office. Uh, that's a lot of firepower. Yes. <laughs> uh, um, God is good. Yeah, right. Uh, uh, it, it does seem to me that that's one of the things that is changing quickly is that yeah. allyship mm-hmm. here is no longer just about individuals. It's about powerful individuals in that's some right. cases. And that's how you end up getting that's legislative right. and social change. That's right. So I'm very proud the way that this town hall meeting is coming together. Um, as you said a few moments ago, it is July the 22nd. It will be at Focus Hope, um, and it's from 5 to 9 p.m. There will be dinner served, and um, it's catered by a LGBTQ community um, owner of a restaurant. So um, my pouring back into my community is very intentional. Um, but like I said, it will be July the 22nd. Um, as you said earlier, um, State Senator Jeremy Moss has already agreed and confirmed to speak. Also, uh, State Representative Latanya Garrett. I also personally invited Judge Vonda Evans, because I think that um, she can give very honest and very realistic feedback, um, being that she's no longer on the bench as relates to um, our coverage and the policies and laws um, or lack thereof. Um, I've also confirmed um, with State Representative Sherry Gay Durango. Um, She will also be speaking, and I'm so grateful because she's coming back from a family trip um, that particular evening. Um, Let me see who else. Uh, I invited a young woman from Chicago by the name of Latoya Tench, and she works with the Howard Brown Agency um, because this is not just an issue um, that is, is only here in Detroit. Um, this is a national and international issue. Sure. So I also in, I had a chance to connect um, a few weeks ago in May with the All Pack Group. Um, and I invited the chief of police from Sterling Heights and um, the chief of the state troopers. I invited State Farm Insurance Agency because along with a lot of this murder and violence, we also need to start thinking about our final resting moments. So I think that that's very important. And a lot of community members um, think that it's really far out of reach and not affordable. And I want to be able to dismantle that and, and bring them into to the space as well. Um, I sent a message out to Planned Parenthood. I met with the mayor and the chief of police last week. Um, So this is a real grassroots effort. um, And this is really coming together to address the violence against the LGBTQ community with special attention and unpacking to the murder and the violence against the trans women of color population. Well, congratulations on uh, that sound, that event. It sounds like it will be 
really wonderful. Oh, and, thank you, thank you. And Denise Poindexter, transge- transgender victims advocate for mm-hmm. Equality Michigan. Thanks very much for being here with us. Of course, us thank Detroit you so today. much. Yes. I appreciate the intention. Yes. Uh, all right, up next, uh, we'll talk with Jim Murray, someone who spent time leading business efforts to expand Elliot Larson in the past. Stay with us and stay with us on the phones. Mary in Oxford, Jennifer and Warren, we will get to you next as well. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDT. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. We are talking this hour about inequality when it comes to people's sexual orientation or their gender identity. Michigan is one of a very few states left, really, that allows that kind of discrimination to take place in the workplace, uh, in people's rental agreements, in their homes, and things like that uh, because of their sexual orientation or their gender identity. Uh, we want to continue the conversation now with Jim Murray. He is the executive director of the Arab American and Chaldean Council and previously helped lead business efforts to expand Elliot Larson, our civil rights law, to protect sexual orientation and gender identity. Jim Murray, welcome to Detroit Today. Well, thank you for having me. Yes. Uh, so uh, you came up in Republican politics. I did. Uh, uh, tell me what you think about how your party has handled this issue and other issues that are important to the LGBTQ community. Well, really poorly. Um, you know, both parties have evolved on this issue. I worked in the legislature. I was uh, deputy chief of staff for a Republican speaker when Jennifer Granholm was there and marriage uh, amendment was mm-hmm. was before mm-hmm. the legislature. And, you know, there were many, many Democrats who wanted that constitutional amendment. Right. You know? This was, I mean, it, it's really amazing to think about that, right? right? This is just in the last decade. Right. There were efforts to make sure that marriage was only ever going to be between right. a man and a woman. Jennifer Granholm's position was that. Mm-hmm. Now, I understand, um, you know, at the time you had to say you were for marriage between a man and a woman only, and that was your position, you know, statewide. You were for unions or you were for, but, you know, everybody has evolved since then. Yeah. We're having bit. a very different conversation. Now. The Republicans haven't gone that far yet, but as uh, Senator Moss mentioned earlier, a lot of them are getting there. It's the... Uh, the upper echelon is not there yet. Leadership the, is not yeah, there. Yeah, the um, the uh, the people who have who depend on the the same base that Donald Trump depends on uh, are not there yet, and it's going to take a while. Yeah, uh, you were the president of ATT's AT and T's Michigan division when you did a lot of this work on uh, Elliot Larson. Talk about the business case for this well, issue. The, the corporate America have led on this issue um, far better than elected officials have. They have a little more leeway. They, they, they depend on uh, talent uh, to run their businesses, and they really don't care who you're going home with at night as long as you can be there to do the job. Um, my former employer, AT&T, 
provided same-sex benefits in 1975. You know, so what uh, legislature you think was ready in 1975 to pass the laws that were necessary to uh, allow same-sex benefits to happen? Hmm. Uh, it wasn't there. You know, very often the, the business community goes faster than the um, legislature or policymakers go um, because they're depending on public opinion. Hmm. Uh, when you when you think about the landscape now in Lansing, it's different. We have a Democratic governor again who's mm-hmm. got a very different position than Jennifer Granholm took, but we still have a Republican legislature. Is there a better opportunity to get this done? Marginally. Um, you know, I disagree with Senator Moss a little bit on um, the makeup of, of the legislature, what would happen if, if they put it up for a vote right now. Hmm. I'm going to tell you it's going to go down. It would fail? Flying colors, yeah. Um, it takes effort to, to pass legislation like that. Um, one of the things that it also takes is compromise. And um, I think as we saw in 2014, the community doesn't want to compromise. So, yes, while we have uh, Governor Whitmer there who, you know, can add a new dimension and and, uh, put her finger on the scale a little bit, uh, I don't know that it's enough to pass a bill that doesn't have any kind of compromise in it. Hmm. Um, I think you're much better off um, with this happening on the federal level anyways. Uh, That would cover everybody. And you've got a house that's already there. And the Senate, uh, you know, we'll see what happens of the 2020 elections, but that's always, you know, a close uh, sure. makeup of, of politics there. And it's um, it's it would it would it will happen faster at the federal level, in my my belief, than at um, the state level. That doesn't mm. mean we don't keep trying at the state level, because maybe there is that magic bargain out there that pops up that you just don't you can't predict. Mm. But um, uh, as my experience tells me that we're still a ways away on mm. doing this on a legislative level. Uh, again, 313-577-1019. It's always the number on the phones. Let's go to Jennifer and Warren. Jennifer, what's on your mind? Hi. Um, I'm a lesbian myself, but I'm not out at work. So I don't face um, discrimination from management. It's more just hearing some homophobic and transphobic stuff from coworkers. And that's kind of what I wanted to bring up. Um, I used to work, when I used to work at the fast food restaurant, um, our manager started her transition. And pretty much immediately, people that she had worked with for sometimes years turned on her completely, Um, started harassing her, misgendering her, um, bullying her. And I just want people to know um, that they need to... They need to stand up for their coworkers, their trans coworkers. If you're, you know, hearing someone misgender your coworker, correct them. You know, create an environment where that person is safe. Um, they need to have someone on their side. Hmm. And you might not be totally comfortable with trans people and understand it, but you need to stick up for someone, your coworkers, yeah. and create an environment where they're safe. So, so Jennifer, the, the, the way you opened this call, I think, is a really powerful signal of how difficult this, the, this, this space still is for us here in Michigan. The fact that you don't feel comfortable being out at work uh, I think is proof of the discriminatory uh, environment that uh, that people are are asked to work in. I, I wonder if you can talk just a little about what you fear uh, about being out at work. 
course. And, I, and I, I'm actually, I'm not the only one. I, I have other um, queer co-workers who are not out. And I wouldn't say our work environment is particularly hostile. I do not really fear being fired, but um, I, I do fear it from the co-workers. I know that um, they probably would not hang out with us anymore, the way that they talk about gay people and trans people, because they, they think that, you know, I'm I'm straight, so they feel comfortable saying some really horrible things in front of me. Mm. Um, and and I, I feel like that's true for uh, a lot of straight people. They they don't, uh, they assume someone someone's uh, gender or sexuality, and they feel comfortable saying stuff that yeah. they, they would not say in front of a, a, a gay person that they, they knew was gay. Yeah. Uh, Jennifer, I really appreciate uh, the call and your and your candor there about uh, about your experience. Uh, Jim Murray, I, I, there's a connection between that sort of cultural um, environment, I guess, that Jennifer's talking about, and the law itself, right? Uh, right? If the law were different, if your employer were prevented from behaving that way, I I feel like it would it would change the way coworkers react. Yeah, if, absolutely. I mean. Uh, Jennifer said that uh, she doesn't fear being fired if she comes out, but she hasn't either, you know, and maybe she might feel uh, a little bit more safe to do that if the law were on her side. Yeah, uh, there's still there's always an inherent risk. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, the the political landscape here. You you talk about it how difficult it is, and I wonder when you when you say compromise on this issue. Uh, that's the that's the thing that sank the the totally. expansion mm-hmm. last time. But uh, it, it comes down to whether you believe that uh, that trans people who live here in, in Michigan deserve the same uh, protections as other people, right? Right. Um, you know, when I use the word compromise, uh, I know in, in 2014 um, the Republicans were un, uncomfortable with the word trans. They didn't understand it, most of them, to be honest. They, mm. Some of them had never even heard of that before, to be honest. And so Speaker and I were trying to come at it from a different way. You know, can we redefine the definition of sex? Can, you know, can you, can you change the legal wording in some other way so that you accomplish the same goal but mm-hmm. can, get, can get the votes there? And we just weren't able to do that at the time. We had too short a period of time. And Frank Foster had just lost his election uh, for a Republican. Frank Foster lost his election for even introducing the bills. Right. And, you know, it was just a, the timing so what's didn't the, work. So what is the compromise that would work, do you think? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. well, I, I, I do know. I, I take that back. Um, you know, the uh, Republican leadership wants some sort of religious uh, protections added mm-hmm. in there. And, and I don't know that uh, – I don't know that there is a compromise. I'm mm-hmm. – my 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 point earlier is that it's going to take compromise right. to get it passed, but we I don't know that there, there is one with the current makeup yet um, to get there. And yeah. it uh, on the state level, it is going to take some time and some new yeah. leadership and yeah. different election maybe, results. Maybe we'll get there soon. Okay, Jim Murray, Executive Director of the Arab American and Chaldean Council. Very great to have you here with us on Detroit Today. Thank you. Yep. All right, uh, that's going to do it for me today. I'll be back tomorrow. Tune in for a conversation about how we can more inclusively design our buildings and our cities. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's NPR station, your connection to news, music, and conversation. We'll talk again tomorrow.